Welcome in everyone to the Sunday recap. This is Chris McLaughlin with Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green. And we are trying to figure out what Eddie Murphy reference Mitch knows. <laughs> We're trying to find out if he's old enough to remember all the good 90s movies that, that Eddie Murphy was in. Yeah, yeah. I, I made an 80s reference that he didn't know about and then uh, we just couldn't couldn't get off of that. So. Yeah, no, and I told them, like, Daddy Daycare is the best movie Daddy ever. Daycare, yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Um, I also confess, and I'm going to do it anyways, for my mom, my first PG-13 movie that I wasn't supposed to see was in third grade. Mom said, don't see these movies. And it was Sam McNeil's birthday party and they played Nutty Professor. Oh. So <laughs> that is also me coming clean. Okay. Okay, Lisa, there Confession you go. Confession time. There you go. <laughs> now you know, Mom. She, I think I probably already told her, but. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, this morning we get to dive into this uh, just amazing Christmas story about what uh, the Lord did in Mary and Joseph's life. We're going to dig into that this morning. Great sermon to you this week. Um, super practical, helpful. In, the in way you said ways. it was like you've never heard it before. <laughs> oh, we get to dive into this this Man, new story. What is this new <laughs> this Testament new, thing? This new Christmas story. <laughs> Matthew, <today>. Luke. What <laughs> is this? Um, <laughs> that was my question when I sat down. I was like, "Where where are we in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's happening today?" Um, so we're going to dive into that here in just a little bit. I do want to remind you that we have some awesome Christmas Eve services that are coming up in just a week and a couple days. So yeah. uh, about a week by the time this comes out. So Thursday is, uh, a week from Thursday is going to be uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, and it will be happening uh, right here at Stones Crossing Church, Christmas Eve services, 2.30, 4 o'clock, and 5.30 p.m. Yeah, I was preparing myself in case you asked me the times. Nice. I was, I was getting set up. I was like, is he going to say what times are they, Mitch? Yeah. So I knew. Yeah. Hey, what can we expect from the Christmas Eve services this year? Family friendly. Mm-hmm. Worship. Communion. Communion. Yeah, we'll be together. taking communion. Yep. It'll just be a really beautiful time. An evening service together with your family. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's an online option, right? Mm-hmm. What's going yep. on there? Yeah, we are um, going to stream the, I think, the first two. The I second believe. two. The second two. Yeah, the that's how we do it, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the four o'clock and the five. Don't worry, folks. We'll iron out all the we details amongst the, ourselves. We know all the details. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it will be a great evening for you and your family. It's a tradition that we love here at Stones, and we're so glad that we're able to have some in-person time. Um, but whether you have to um, tune in online or come in person, um, we're just excited to celebrate the Christmas season with you guys. That's okay. It'll be the music. It'll be All right. We're started here today. That's how it'll go. Exactly. If we're slappy today, it's because it's Christmas party day in the office. It is. Yeah. In the office, we love to play games. And apparently, Mitch was up until 1 a.m. creating games for us. Do you want to share? Yes. Tell us. Tell us the games. We'll give them the titles. We're going to do some fun Christmas games. So I... I went to bed early last night, but woke up in the middle of the night, planned on, you know, getting these games all, you know, finalized this morning. But last night I was like, you know what? I'm up. 
Let's just do it. So 1 a.m., I came up with these games. I think the games are fun, but the titles are a little bit more 1 a.m. humor than, than, than I imagined. That's the best kind I of humor. I can just imagine you chuckling at <laughs> oh, yourself I, yeah, just <laughs> in your reading, office. Mm-hmm, just reading and <laughs> laughing at these titles. Fell out so, of your chair. So here's the games, um, and I'll give you guys the hint because nobody will hear these before then, but – the first game is title, and these are these are competitions. These are races. Yeah, so like little, kind of like minute to win. Yeah, type minute games. to win it games, but it'll be split up into three teams. So, all right, here's how it goes. So the first game is called Luke's on the Line, which is a play on Luke having to work at FedEx. For those who don't know, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Luke is, Calvert. It is a sorting yeah. game. The second one is called Candy Cane Trust Fall, and if you've never done a trust fall before. It could really help you get to I'm, love I'm, the people I around you. I can't wait to figure out what exactly that is because I'm, I'm like imagining, is everybody holding candy canes? Am I, am I doing mm-hmm. it and holding a candy cane? Like, am I in the shape of a candy cane? What does that mean? I, don't oh, know. Yeah, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. <laughs> candy cane trust fall. The third game, this is probably the lamest. It's frozen H2O lob. I was trying to come up with another way to say snowball toss. <laughs> so. Frozen H2O lob. <laughs> hey, guy, I'm, real, I'm real clever at 1 a.m. Real, oh, this give, is us, a good give us the next best two. Give us the next best Jingle two. butts. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. And this is my favorite. <laughs> my favorite of the night, hands down. What does a spoon have to do with Christmas? <laughs> I could go spoon with it. Have they're right there. Yep. There's the games. <laughs> Great games. So we're ready for the party. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait. We're going to have to give an update in, uh, in January when we come back and we can, um, we yeah. can give the update on how that all went. Last night I was rolling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too much. So good. So good. All right. Back into that new Christmas story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard this story about Jesus being born? It's amazing. Oh, sarcasm isn't good on you. We're going to, no. Mm-mm. No. No, this uh, actually, so we are in the second week of this series called The Characters of Christmas. And Pastor Scott taught through uh, really the perspective of Joseph from Matthew chapter one and the perspective of Mary in Luke chapter one on how God kind of intervened and disrupted their their life in a massive way, um, kind of messed up their plans. So- to kind of get things started, um, here's sort of the, I guess, icebreaker question type of a thing here. Uh, have you ever had a plan that just didn't go the way that you had hoped that it would go? Okay, so it seems like in my older age, I, I won't say old am, but older than Mitch, I feel like <laughs> the words I would never need to exit my vocabulary because I would never drive a minivan. Well, guess what? Yeah, I'm in a minivan. Mm. I would never you know, X, Y, Z. And so it seems like all these things that I've always said that I would never do have happened Yeah. Um, because life happens and, you know, you you have a third kid that doesn't fit in the SUV and, um, you know, all that stuff. Oh, but yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. We roll with it. Yep. Flexibility. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously this has happened many a time, mm-hmm. but the, the first one that came to mind, it's probably just because, you know, Dalton, our staff member, got engaged. Congrats to Dalton. Hey! Uh, Dalton. So Yay, shout out Dalton and Morgan. But um, when when my – I remember I was reflecting upon my engagement with him because he asked me, he's like, how'd you ask – like, how'd you ask You her? and Dalton were engaged? Yeah. Well, we were talking about it oh. before. <laughs> like, and, and I was reflecting upon it with him, and I was – I remembered um, – so for mine and JC's engagement, there's these pictures that like the world sees, but then there's like where we really got engaged, which was basically like we had woken up in the morning. She had gotten like a work thing she had to respond to. And I was just like impatient. So like in pajamas, 
not dressed up, not mm-hmm. ready. I'm just like, all right, we're going to get engaged. So you don't go do the work email. <laughs> and then we go do everything else we're supposed to do. Nice. So that was one that like that, that I would say, you know, necessarily like that we had a big, beautiful plan and, once we got ro- rolling for this, you know, the one of the best days of our lives, it was like, oh, work email, <laughs> you know. So that was one. Um, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. The I've thing- had a lot of dates that didn't go the way they were supposed to go. Sure. For sure. Yes. The first thing that came to mind for me was um, uh, being in ministry was not my first career choice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school and my first time through college. I went through, um, I actually went through character animation school. And so I was learning to do hand-drawn character animation. And um, I was actually applying for a job with a company called Film Roman that um, they do um, like The Simpsons and Bobby's World at the time and things like that. Um, And I was looking for just a kind of an entry-level job. And I was in the middle of applying there and I really sensed this call. And and this is part of what we're going to talk about today, but I really sensed this call that – God was like, hey, I, I want you to start moving towards ministry and commit your time to your local church. And I'm like, whoa, okay. That like really throws a wrench into my plans. <laughs> um, and so uh, and so that's what I did. And so, but I, I think that we see this kind of thing um, in ways that is somewhat unexpected mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think that was kind of the point that, that, that Scott wanted to get to here because um, – one of the things that I thought was so helpful in this message was the idea that we, we, we oftentimes come to this, come to a situation where we're like, man, our plans are not working out the way that we think that they should. And so we get frustrated and we get, um, we get angry about it. And, and I, I was, I was like, wow. I mean, it's super honest where Scott said we get ticked off about it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really real, <laughs> really honest. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, cause I think that's very true. Um, and so when all of this kind of happens, our frustration and uh, the anger that we feel at it, we, we often don't consider that God is actually doing something behind the scenes in order to bring us to a much better place, a, a place where he really wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of where I want to start with this is this question of, like the anger that we might feel in all of this sort of stuff. Do you think, do you think that all frustration and fear and fatigue, those are the three big things that he said, uh, fatigue, frustration, and fear. Do you think that all, every time that we feel that way stems from some sort of kicking against God's plan in some way, or, or, or might there be other reasons for those things? I'm going to go with often and not always. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with often mainly, mainly because there. Yes, like they're definitely, as you were even talking about it more, I was like, okay, when, you know, when, when Israel got canceled, it was like, okay, like this was the plan. Not like, the country, but our trip yeah, to Israel yes, as yeah, a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When our, <laughs> we just thank canceled you, Israel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when, when, when our, yeah, when Israel got canceled. <laughs> no, when, so when our Israel trip got canceled, it was like, okay, like this is a big bummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then for our family, it was like, oh, cool. We'll make it better. We'll just go to Florida. Can't go to Florida. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> was like canceled. <laughs> you know, Florida's canceled. So and it was just, it was just thing after thing. And it's like, yeah, you, you get, not only do you get disappointed, but you just get frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in good things, I think it's the same way. You know, one of the things that I'm not really wrestling with, I've came to terms with it because I'm talking about it now, so I'm joking about it, but, like, I had this whole plan to go out west this spring, mm, you yeah. know, and we're having a baby in March 25th, 
You know, I'm graduated from seminary in May. I was going to go out, drive around, you know, go to all the California national parks that I've not been to. Yeah. And it's like, that's not going to happen now. You know, now a baby is an incredible gift. So please don't hear me like yeah. complaining about that at all. But it was like, I had a plan, you know, I have, I've had a plan since the time I started seminary mm. to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, my plan was altered, you know, and, and we tend to, so often the other thing though is like, sometimes I can even know what God's up to. Like I can think I have a pretty good idea of what he's working and know it's his plan and still be frustrated because it's painful. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sure. that's why I'm saying it's an often, not at all. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's not the way that we would like it to go Yeah, or, or yeah, or it's we're like, we're all in and it's still painful and frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say that's where I, my mind was going with it too. Cause I can't give you a 100% yes. Every time you're feeling fatigue and frustration, you're outside of God's plan. Cause sometimes his plan, is just really hard um, mm-hmm. and then we feel those things within it so yeah those are good illustrations yeah if God is okay so I mean let's just play the devil's advocate here a little bit if God is good all right why would God put us through a situation that might be painful mm-hmm. uh, that might be stressful that 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 might actually hurt in yeah. the long run why would why would God in his in his bigger plan? Bring us through something like that. I think the apostles are really helpful in this because um, Peter and Paul both talk about just the steadfastness of of pursuing through, persevering, I guess, through through persecution and hard things um, because it grows character. And, um, and just, it grows you more into Christ's likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, all the coming back to the fact that our, our Lord suffered and that we join him in that. Um, and so we can't expect that following him is going to be, um, is going to be beautifully easy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing that you said. I mean, really two purposes. I mean, one, because God's working out things, you know, for his good purpose. And mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily always line up with you know, we're not the center of the universe is what I'm saying yeah, really, yeah. to be blunt. It's like, so we're not necessarily going to be, you know, everything's going to work out just the way that we want it to work out. Um, that's not how God relates to us. Um, you know, God, you know, God's seeking his own glory. So, so sometimes things are going to seem like they're not good for us, but in the long run, they're actually good. Right. Then what Ariel said, the second thing is like the, as the apostles state, I mean, they literally believed that trials um, grew them in mm-hmm. Christ likeness. Yeah. Like that it was almost a one to one. Yeah. And we yeah. make it seem like it's just potentially an option. Mm. Like maybe God's using this to help grow you to look more like Christ. Yeah. Is the way that we talk about it. But they're like, I mean, you look at Paul's second Corinthians chapter one, it's like, no, like God comforts you so that you comfort those and you know in their time of need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and and you know he uses he he puts you through trials so that you can help other people when they go through trials. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's a, right it, out of Second Corinthians. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a one to one. Yeah, you know, and we just don't think about it that way. Absolutely. But it's like yeah, God's God's up to something for your growth in Christlikeness. Absolutely. Sometimes the growth is something where it's not necessarily something that. Maybe we didn't do anything wrong, but God wants to grow us. He wants to sanctify us. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is something where it's like we're going off the beaten path. We're not mm-hmm. exactly following what he wants us to do. And so God will um, have some discipline that, that that's on us. And this is right out of Hebrews 12. Um, and he says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? He says, my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Mm-hmm. So, so even, even that is part of it too, where we may go through, be going through something painful because God kind of wants to snap us out of our self-centeredness, mm-hmm. you know, um, and our self-focused, uh, nature. And then, draw our attention back to him 
um, in some way, which I really was Scott's first point. He, he, he gave us three, three practical points to, to talk through with this, but the first was just to realize that God is trying to get our attention, um, trying to get our attention. Um, and so it could be any of these reasons. One of the things that Scott said in this, and this is this is an interesting discussion. Scott said that God will do this in, in, in some different ways, that he will speak to us in some different ways, that he can speak to us through his word, um, through people, through circumstances. And then he also said this idea of speaking to us through sort of impressions from the Holy Spirit. Um, can we unpack that just a little bit? Like, what exactly does that mean? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and how might that be different than maybe from what we see uh, in the Bible from like, you know, prophets and people where where God maybe like audibly speaks directly to them in some way? Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, we know that God is omnipotent and he can do anything. Um, I think that we see, though, over and over where he says that um, he's spoken through his son in these last days. And so, therefore, I think that, you know, the spirit works primarily through his word. And that's what Scott was telling us. Yeah. Um, and so the impressions that we get when the Holy Spirit is working in us to maybe move and do something, um, we always have to test those against the word yes. um, because that's the way we know that they are from him and not maybe of ourselves mm-hmm. or of the enemy. Um, and so that's just practicing discernment of being a, a follower of Christ. Um, and the more that you spend time in the word, the more the spirit will call to mind his words um, in the moment. And that's so helpful to kind of clarify, like, is this from me or is this from the Lord? Yeah. It's really good. I think that was a great answer. One of the things that Scott said in this, which I thought was really good, really important was this idea that when we go through these difficult times, oftentimes we might think, oh, God is trying to punish us. But, but it's important that we recognize that, that when we go through things like this, God's not punishing us, but he's actually trying to teach us. Mm Why is that? Why can we stand on a statement like that? Why can we we affirm this idea that God is not out to get us, not out to punish us, but he actually wants to grow us and sanctify us? Yeah, I, I, I begin to think back to God's character first. So, I mean, I think about, okay, God is God is just, you know, and so we, we, we trust in that promise. But even more than that, think about God's transcendence, um, trusting that God's outside the circumstances mm-hmm. of time that we find ourselves in. And so I, you know, when I am caught in a circumstance that I don't know what's going on or even just addressing the way I make plans in my life, there's a recognition that I'm trusting in the God of the universe who is outside of these circumstance, you know, in a way that um, he's transcendent and he sees, you know, he sees all. And so if my plans are changed, if things are altered, I'm trusting in God in that. But, but I'm doing that not only because he's transcendent, but also out of his character, mm-hmm. you know, understanding who God is. Um, and, and you know, looking to to the narrative of Scripture. You know, again, as we talked about, that God's trying to grow me in Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody last week, and sometimes I think we get this idea that God is trying to make us the best us when really he's trying to make us look more like Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once we kind of make this shift that we start to say, um, like, he is, you know, he's taking us and he's no longer, you know, just trying to make Mitch Green the best Mitch Green version pastor, (laughs) but where he's trying to make me look more like Christ's image, he's kind of working us all to a similar point. And so 
really that's going to happen in ways that align with your plan and ways that aren't. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's like living more open-handed, but trusting in the character of God mm-hmm. and also understanding who God is and who I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would add to that in saying, you know, like if you're anything like me, you probably changed your major a couple times in college or you decided, you know, as a little kid, yeah. I'm going to be a fireman. And then you change, you know, as you become an adult, our, our thoughts and our wants change so fluidly that like, there's just no way that, um, trusting in our own ability. Say, if to you have decide. a little kid at home, that's yeah. asking for things for Christmas and it's different every day, yeah. you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's so um, it's so good to put my trust in someone who is transcendent and who is working toward a plan that is um, unified all throughout Scripture and the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to I'm gonna I'm, I'm hopefully won't take us off the beaten path a nope. little bit too much here, but I, again, there there are different ways to say this in different camps, but really the idea is that there's two categories for the way that you're approaching you know your life with God mm. is understanding that God's in control. Um, and that God, in, and it really, when you're thinking about calling, you know, I have a plan for my life and God has a plan for my life and I'm trying to align my plan up with his. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, um, I think we, we're, tr- I think faithful people were trying to discern God's plan. And even in that, we still develop our own plan sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what we got to remind ourselves is that like, okay, there are, there are things that are, that are general calls for all people, you know, in this, that we need to remind ourselves that you may not have this real clear, obvious thing. Um, there's general calls for people, but then there's also like the commands of scripture. Yeah. yeah commands of scripture. Example. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's what, what some camps call like the unilateral calling. You know, God may, God knows that the plan for your life, you know, and there yeah. is this, but the general call is almost more important to focus on than this like specific calling for you, you know? And so it's like, we just have to remind ourselves in this conversation as we're seeking God's will for our life. It's like, okay, look at the commands of scripture, live faithfully, trust God in his character. Mm-hmm. And if we spend all our time worrying about exactly what he wants us to do, well, we've probably already moved the object of control from God to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're just saying, hey, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, it's really just however you say it, it's positioning God where God's supposed to be and positioning yourself where you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and trusting in God and then living faithfully. Yeah. You know, the only thing I, I, I think I could add to this is because I think the, I think all this is really good. And part of the part of trusting God in his character is also trusting him at his word about what he accomplished yes. for us. Because on the cross, Jesus took the punishment for us, right? He, he um, you know, so Second uh, Corinthians 5 really lays this out that he took that punishment for us. So so with that, you have this this idea that God actually would be unjust then to punish us as well. To, that, that, that he would that he would be out to get us at, at, the, at this point because the, the the payment has been paid already yeah. you know so I think we could stand firmly knowing the character of God and knowing what he has accomplished for us that we can stand firmly in the in and say yeah when I'm going through hard times this isn't God trying to punish me this isn't God trying try, you know coming out to get me but he's trying to do something that's actually good in my life through the pain that I'm experiencing and that's a tough perspective. To have, I think, when you're, especially when you're going through the middle of, of, mm-hmm. of something difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to take us back um, to the gospel story because, Chris, you just said something that I've been reflecting upon with this passage. A friend of mine preached the same passage this week in another context. And yeah. one of the things that he was talking about is that we have to remind ourselves that 
these gospels are written, um, they're written later, like, like they're not written as these events are happening. And so it's really beautiful that we get to see Mary's, um, almost like what Mary's reflection is on this moment in her life. Um, I think sometimes I think of that period, that portion of it as being like, like, okay, this happens. And then this is what she says. Yeah. But more accurately, you know, if we think about, you know, Luke's gospel being, you know, Luke's getting these accounts from Paul and he's, he's hearing these things and he's recording them. He may be getting Mary's later reflection on this event. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like we see her immediate response in the story. Yeah. You know, kind of this like, why me? Why are you talking to me? What's going on? Right. But then we see this reflection from her. And, and I think what's really powerful there is, is basically what you just said, is that when we're in the moment of these things, sometimes it's really hard to discern what God's doing. And really, we probably should just continue to try to seek to live faithfully. Mm-hmm. But there will probably become a time later in our lives where we'll be able to look back and say, like, this is what God was doing, mm-hmm. you know? And I've just never thought of that, por- that passage that way. That is oh. really You cool. know, her song, yeah. just thinking of it as a reflection to the response of like looking back later. And I'm not saying that's exactly what it is, yeah. but but I like to think of it as, you know, you've got this older woman who was probably a 13-year-old pregnant virgin reflecting yeah. upon what God was doing in her yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we remind ourselves that that's the way this narrative is written. It, it helps us be like, yeah, no, I don't necessarily have to have it all figured out right now. I just need to be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And what a blessing it is to when sometimes we actually get some of those answers. I I think sometimes we walk through difficult circumstances and we want to be faithful. We trust the Lord through those difficult things. But oftentimes we don't get the answer of like, Mm -hmm. what exactly is God doing in the midst of this? Mm -hmm. I think, um, I mean, just from a personal experience, um, and I I think most people at the church know this, but um, so Eric and I, we have been walking through... Um, just what exactly is God doing with our son in the midst of, cause he's got a genetic condition mm-hmm. and there's some interesting things that kind of contribute to, to all of that stuff. Like there's, there's some, some challenges that he has here and there and things like that. Nothing too severe, but one of the biggest things that I'm, uh, I, I know one thing is that Eric and I have learned a lot about the character of God and his, and his mercy and his grace through this. So we've, we've benefited already from all of this. But um, but one of the things that always concerns us is what's going to happen with him and what is God doing in his life in the midst of this? When he starts school next year, is he going to get made fun of because he looks a little different than mm-hmm. everybody else? And and what is that going to do to his heart? And how is God going to use that and work work in that in some way? And that's that's tough. It's one thing. It's kind of like it's like it's one thing to trust the Lord through this when you're going through something difficult. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to trust the Lord when your kids are going through something difficult too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the second point that Scott brought up is that he really wanted to emphasize that God's plans are always going to be better than our plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems, I mean, kind of obvious. Uh, <laughs> uh, if God is is omnipotent and sovereign and all this sort of stuff, then obviously, I mean, his His plans are going to be better. And he, great, he gave us some really great passages from Proverbs and Isaiah yeah. to really illustrate these plans. But the question that this really brought to mind for me is, why do we think that our plans are going to be better than God's plans? Why do we often go back to this place of just like, man, if only it was just the way that I wanted it to be. <laughs> and it's, I mean, and it just seems so backwards, but why, why do we often go back to that? I think along with what Mitch was saying about putting ourselves in the wrong place and thinking that um, things should play out because we are the orchestrator of our path and, um, 
And, you know, when you have those things out of order, like, like I was alluding to, too, is that it can go with the, the wind, you know, whatever we are feeling like for that day, we, we move in that direction. And then we find out, okay, maybe I don't really want that. I don't really know if that's really what my plan was supposed to be. And we Mm -hmm. switch. Um, and so that's just, uh, that's a way to live, but it's probably not the best way to live. In fact, it's not the best way to live. Yeah. Sin. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, that's just been, that's been a part of the human story, yeah. you know, since the very beginning is denying God, um, for believing that there's something better out there mm-hmm. in light with our plan, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, our or seeking some, seeking to place our, the, our affection on ourselves rather than God. Yeah. You know, it's as if we've moved the target and, and so we live in a world that's that's rampant with it. And I'm not I'm not trying to be, you know, some loud yelling preacher, but like the cultural narrative, you know, for everyone is, you know, look out for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, seek, you know, set your set your goals high and go accomplish them. Mm-hmm. And if anybody gets in your way, you know, focus on yourself, you know, and 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 make sure you get yours, you know, and um I think I think that's really difficult to be living in that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and at the same time um, seeking, you know, Christ um, mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. Well, the last point that Scott brought up is that uh, he said that the, really what we need to do is relinquish control to God's sovereignty. And um, so I guess really the question I want to ask you guys is how do we do that? Like, what does that actually look like? What does that What does that mean <laughs> when we when we say, "All right, God, I've been wrestling with this for a while. I'm in this place, and, and I don't know what else to do. And somehow, I need to relinquish control." How do we figure out exactly what exactly you know God is asking us to relinquish control of? Um, how do we actually do that? Maybe help us with some some advice on how to how to help with that. There there are a million ways to tackle this, so I'm just gonna say a lot of words that hopefully, hopefully some of them, so hopefully, well, no, but seriously, hopefully some of them like tickle your ears and you start there, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's it. But, but again, I think, I think again, this has been, God has been after, um, not, not after in the sense that like he needs it, but he's been, um, constantly creating opportunity for man to focus his attention on God, mm-hmm. um, and to seek his will since the beginning of this earth. Um, from the very beginning, you know, we're, we are image bearers, all humankind, you know, put in the position of dominion, which is really like, okay, dominion is to rule the earth as if God would rule the earth mm-hmm. out of our identity of image bearer. And along the way, we shift the focus to focus on ourselves and, um, and make ourselves, you know, the king of the castle. Mm. Um, and so it's really, you know, the starting point is looking at scripture and recognizing the ways that, um, there are common failings for mankind, <laughs> you know, that we fall into this trap of making ourselves the center of the universe. Yeah. But then, but then sec- and, and, but before you move on yeah. from there, cause I think that's really good. And it reminds me of something that, that Woody would say, uh, pretty often, because when we do that, we end up we end up shifting our, um, when we do that, we end up kind of saying, God, I, I'm, I would be better at being God Mm -hmm. than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that ultimately is rebellion against God. And Mm -hmm. when we're talking about who God is being the King of the universe, all right, 
then at that point, we're, we're really committing treason against God. And what we honestly deserve at that point is death. Yeah. We deserve absolutely nothing. And so when we recognize, and I think live in, the, in, that, in that place where we're like, okay, I really deserve nothing from God. In yeah. fact, what I deserve from God is death. Um, that, that changes your perspective in a huge way because at that point you're like, wow, everything that I have that's, that brings any joy to my life and anything that is ever yeah. good in my life is way more like what Woody would say, better than I deserve, right? It's mm-hmm. much more than I would ever deserve. And so that changes our perspective yeah. um, as we're going through suffering and trial. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to keep throwing out lots of words because again, I hope these just kind of, <laughs> so, so from the, what I see from the old Testament perspective is this image bearers place in dominion battling with sin who constantly are rejecting God. Mm-hmm. Um, from the new Testament perspective, I see this title given of ambassador. You know, if you're trying to yes. think of a similar term to being placed in dominion, um, an ambassador for you Christ. are all about second Corinthians, man. Yeah, I am all, today. I really all, am. Place. all over the place. I really am. You see this, see this title, title of ambassador, which again is trying to recognize that we are, um, all that we have, we are to live as if we were a part of the kingdom of God representing Christ. Mm-hmm. The same way that God's placed us in control of these things. He's, we've been given these things to rule. We've been given them, you know, to rule under God's leadership yeah. and lordship in our life. But yet we're still at this battle with spirit and flesh. Yeah. Okay. So if we understand our identity as that, you're going to recognize your tendency to fall <laughs> into sin. Mm-hmm. You're going to recognize that you have a tendency to place yourself on the throne mm-hmm. where God belongs. Um, and you're going to be willing to see that there's an entire world around us where the narrative is about building up your own kingdom mm-hmm. and building up your own comfort. Yeah. Where, you know, as, as, you know, Christ says, you know, it's, it is, it is incredibly difficult for a rich person to get into heaven, you know, and what he's implying is like, you know, seeking our own comfort, seeking our own kingdom. I mean, this was true in the first century world. You had the rich and the poor. Guess what? If you live in America, you're probably in the top 95% of richest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like we are in that category. And so we have to recognize how that part of our um, circumstance that we found ourselves in is going to have us um, in a constant battle with our spirit and flesh. And it's going to, in times, make it difficult to seek Christ. Mm-hmm. So we have to shed those things off, mm-hmm. um, and, we have, and we have to seek him. And so, I mean, I, I'm preaching in January, but I've already start, started to think about this. But really, I, I just think, I think it's helpful, you know, to think that we have time, talents, and treasures that have been given to us by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been placed as ambassadors. We've been, you know... Um, we've been called to be image bearers, you know, in dominion. Um, this is, this is the circumstance we found ourselves in. So we need to look at those things in our life, take stock of how we're managing them and seek Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think when we do that, there's always room to grow because mm-hmm. they're always going to find areas small or big where you're like, well, you know, like I gave until it was started to get uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, yeah. or like I was willing to help that person when it really was really joyful for me. But the moment it got hard, like, yeah, man, I got out of it. Yeah. And, and so, and then our plans, you know, like you said, you know, I was not a huge planner when I was 18, but I know people are like, this is what the rest of my life's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that's your kingdom. Well, yeah. I was, uh, I was latching on to that word ambassador. And when you think about it, like an ambassador isn't at home, they're in a foreign land. And so, like, all of under this is the undertone of the fact that this is not permanent. 
Mm-hmm. You know, everything yeah. we seek here, building up our kingdom here, it, it doesn't last. We're only here for a while as sojourners. So In the moment, and we are all so susceptible to this mm-hmm. across the board. Um, and so we have to think about it. We got to think about it in the way that we relate to politics. And I'm not going to go into that stuff today, but, <laughs> but we need to think about that. Yeah. We need to think about our tendency to think about how we're relating to politics focused on our kingdom rather than the kingdom of yes. God. Yes. We need to think about that as we relate to our family. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I was a youth pastor I, and I'm not now, but I used to say, I felt like the biggest idol in Greenwood was the family. And because everything was like about your family and not about the local church body. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Like it is. But at times it was like, man, they're not like, they're, they're literally like, they're missing church for every which way vacation. You could come to think every baseball. T- it was like, it was about the family and what the family needed, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, it's really, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. It's all about understanding your identity. And that is literally probably 50% of what Paul's writing about in the New Testament. Yeah, that's a high <laughs> calling and a really difficult thing to actually do on a day-to-day basis because it, it honestly, it requires consistent death to yourself. And that's what like, Je- like when you, when you comes down to it. And that's what Jesus is. I don't think Jesus is saying that you can't be rich and enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. He's saying it's a lot harder when you're rich. Mm-hmm. And so guess what? You're rich. Yeah. <laughs> like you're rich by the world's There's going to be all these temptations <laughs> exactly. and all of these things that, yeah, you have to surrender. I think the only other thing I can add, because all that is really good. The only other thing I was thinking of was, is just thinking, because one of the things that Scott brought up here is, again, it's it's that we're, relinqu- we're relinquishing control to God's sovereignty, that if God really is in control of things, then that means that he has you right where, you, right where you're supposed to be, yes. you know? And so, and we talked about this last week, but it's just this idea that, that um, if God has you right where you're supposed to be and you're just kind of kicking against that, then you're actually kind of kicking against God. And and so it's recognizing, you know, God has you right in the place where you're supposed to be for a good reason, because mm-hmm. he loves you, because he, he cares about who you are, uh, not just your circumstances, but your character. And I think my biggest, my biggest misstep, one of the greatest sources of me missing what God's doing in my life mm-hmm. in a moment is thinking on what what's the next thing. Yeah. Either how do I get out of this, <laughs> you know, this miserable thing, or what's the next thing in my life? Yeah. And and often, you know, I reflect back and I'm like, man, what would have looked like to be faithful, yeah. to trust God, the peace that he would have offered in that circumstance, rather than just thinking about what's next. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good. Great stuff today, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Sunday Recap. And uh, we hope you join us next time, uh, next week got a little special episode that we're going to do. And so, uh, and then we're going to take a week off from the Sunday recap and we will be back in January after that. So we'll see you then. Have a great Christmas.